Welcome to the Wednesday Tie-Dye Podcast. Uh, we've got another former owl to speak to today. Uh, not going to lie, uh, before my time, well, I was two when he when he signed and six when he left. So I don't know about you, but I don't remember much from being that age. But uh, anyway, before I introduce our guest, I'll bring on the the other hosts. Uh, regulars, Liam and Giles. Uh, first of all, Giles, mate, how are you? All right? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, Liam, what about you? Yeah, I'm Sam, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, all well, uh, all good, uh, ready to uh, get this interview uh, sorted. Right, uh, his, his list of clubs played for Reeds, Charlton, Wednesday, Southampton, Bradford, Bournemouth and Hartlepool. Uh, it's from South London, but now there's five and a half thousand miles away in Costa Rica. Uh, all right, for some. Uh, it's Gordon Watson, or Flash, as he's uh, affectionately known. Uh, how are you, Gordon? You all right, mate? I'm good. I'm thankful that he didn't say played badly for all them clubs. Well, you've said it, not me, not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, Gordon. Um, thanks no for taking time out of your day. Um, first of all, obviously, Flash, and I, I know where that uh, that nickname comes from. I mean, obviously for the, the the cartoon character, but where did it all start? When when did you start getting called Flash? Uh, when I was about five, six year old, basically it's a, it wasn't a cartoon character in them days. I think it was like actually on the TV, but I had blonde hair, blue eyes, name was Gordon. So obviously uh, there's not many brain cells in South London. So, I mean, it just stuck straight away, you know? <laughs> yeah, nice one. I mean, the originality was not like, they weren't there for days thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, just that, well, that's like nicknames anyway, isn't it? They just, they just sort of come about, don't they? But uh, yeah. don't, start about, don't start on nicknames. What about Liam's nickname? <laughs> don't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for those that listen to the podcast regularly, they'll they'll know. But um, yeah, Liam, the Love Muscle Russell was his darts name, Gordon. The Love Muscle? Did he give that himself? I didn't give that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, of course. Sure he did. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never explained where it came from, but he didn't really. <laughs> You don't know how. No. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, we'll we we'll always start from the beginning. Um, obviously, you said there from South London. Um, you started at Charlton, didn't you? That's where you signed your I first did, yeah. professional contract. Um, obviously, you was there as a as a youth player as well. Was that YTS back in the back in yeah, the day? Yeah, YTS. Yeah, like twenty eight fifty a week, and they used to give your parents or whoever you lived with one hundred and fifty pound a month. Uh, and then the second year, I think we got 35, which was like, well, couldn't wait. You just could not wait. And I came from a very poor background anyway. So for me, I was always a month behind. I'd always, I was always borrowing my, my money for next month. And then I was having to pay it back. So, um, and I got fined a month's wages once as well, which I think was against, uh, because it was, um, the YTS was backed by the government. Yeah. So the, the, I, I didn't go to college one day and they find me a month's wages. And obviously it's only two weeks wages. If you're like a pro, then it's a PFA. But because it was like the government, they took the whole month's money. So like I was in two months behind and nice. I was poorer than poor anyway. So listen, you, you hear hard luck stories. Uh, I, I could make you cry. Can you, remember, can you remember like any like initiations from, from your YTS days? I'm sure there, there were a few, weren't there? Uh, not from me, no. Uh, personally, it was a case of uh, initiation f 
I don't know. I was always a cheeky chappy type thing and I'd yeah. drive you mad. I was someone now that I'd want to give a massive clip around the ear old to, um, <laughs> being the older me looking at the younger me. But I mean, I, I, I had this uh, physio who always wanted to have banter with the older lads. But as soon as you gave it to him and I was be 16, 17, 18, that was it. It was a completely different matter. And I remember he lived at uh, Epsom, which is obviously where the racehorses and everything come from. And I said, the only reason you live at Epsom is like because your wife's a mare. <laughs> and and it, and I thought that was quite educational and quite funny. Oh, like that was it. I had twelve minutes for like two weeks, but he done me. He done me proud. He did me proud because obviously my stamina went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how old were you when you said that? I'd have been maybe seventeen. <laughs> Yeah, brave, I, I listen, shyness, shyness didn't come into it. I mean, obviously, as I said to you before, I was I was definitely a little street urchin who had very little respect or self-discipline, which will later go on to because that would be uh, some of my uh, pitfalls, but then some of my highlights as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, we went on to sign for, for Charlton as well. Obviously, many, many players in the YTS and youth setups don't go to sign a professional contract. I mean, you must have been buzzing when you, when you actually signed. I mean, can you remember that that time? Yeah, I mean, I, I fancied I had chances, though, because as a second-year YTS, I scored 46 goals in that season. Christ. I mean, there was only Kev Campbell in, in the London sort of uh, leagues, who was, uh, he was a year older than me. I think he, like, 52 the year before. I mean, I got, I, I think I got, like, 31 and maybe 16 in the reserves. So I got 16 in the reserves as a second-year YTS. Uh, so I, I had every chance to, uh, to get it. But I was raw, you know? That yeah. was the other thing. But goals got me out. The boys used to say that I'd do nothing for 85 minutes but I'd score a couple of goals so and obviously that's what really does save managers their jobs and it gets you to progress yeah so can you remember when you actually signed that that deal then like what you yeah I bet you felt but like a bit with two dicks didn't you really well, yeah, I mean, I did. I did. I mean, and this is this is honest story. I went in to speak to uh, Lenny Lawrence and he said to me, look, there's no negotiation, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give you, I think it was £200 a week and 50 appearance money. And I went, well, how about just give me 225 a week and no appearance money? He went, but then you're going to be £25 like a game out of pocket. I went, no, I'm happy. 225 weeks. So I was going, so I was taking the, I was taking the bird, you know what I mean? I wasn't interested in, in uh, what was in the bush. So for me, I, I, and he was like looking at me thinking, you just want to play. And I was like, yeah, and I can get paid. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, uh, I mean, looking at the, like the, the squad at Charlton then, I mean, they had some players that um, obviously, you know, as Wednesday fans will, will recognize, you know, Bob Boulder, Peter, Peter Shirtliff, Paul Williams, who then obviously later went on to play for play for Wednesday and like likes a Rob Lee. I mean, I, I couldn't believe like reading some of the players that they had, they had quite a Garth decent Crooks. squad. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're growing up as a young kid. They had players that had actually played for big sides and were really, really good professionals. Uh, and obviously, we'll go on to talk about Wednesday because it, I jumped out of a massive, I thought was a like a really experienced squad. It was like Jim Melrose, Garth Crooks played for Tottenham. You had Paul Miller played for Tottenham. You, we had really, really good players. Uh, experience Andy Peake. Andy Peake like, scored goals for Leicester in the early 80s and he was on match of the day or, or the big match scoring like 30 yarders and there I was getting to play with these boys and then obviously the, the quicker it becomes the norm the more chance you've got of staying at that level or progressing on. When you're like all in awe of them because you soon find out that when you have an opinion of these players when you're 12, 13 maybe even 10 year old 
you get to play with them day in, day out. They're not as good as you think they are, or you need to progress past them. Yeah. Have, have you heard that feeling, uh, Giles? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I first signed for Wednesday, I can uh, I can kind of recap a bit when uh, it when when I was talking to you, uh, James, about it. Do you remember I said when I first signed, I was a bit starstruck because of Clinton Morrison, Neil Mellor. Yeah. You know, players where I've been, you know, watching as a little kid growing up. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm actually playing with them. It's like, wow. And a bit, I was, I, I was 100% starstruck. But then you soon realize that, hold on a minute. I'm, I'm as They're good crap. as... Obviously, it was towards the later, of the, yeah. the, you know, the later in their career, towards the end. Um, but no, definitely. Uh, I felt like, I could still be on the pitch with them, right? I didn't feel like, oh, I'm a miles away and that I wasn't good enough to play with them. Uh, and that's going back to your point where, yeah, you need to, it, it, you can you can definitely crumble a bit under situations like that. If you feel like, oh, you're a bit starstruck, these players are way too good for me, then you'll soon find yourself, you know, fizzling down the leagues. But I I didn't, you know, I, I really, you know, took that, took that sort of, how do I say it? I don't know. Just it's a mental approach, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. A mental, approach. a mental approach. I took that mental approach. Yeah, you're spot on there. And and I thought, you know what? I'm. I want to try and have a career, the career that they had. You know, I want to try and push myself because I I feel like I could. And yeah, I I still had. You know, I'm still playing now. But I I went on to play for Sheffield Wednesday for for five years on and off. I had a few loans, but yeah, definitely. I can definitely agree with you on that um, about you know, you can definitely get starstruck and, and fizzle down or, you know, you, you literally take it by the scruff of the neck in a way uh, and, yeah. and try and progress and push on. Yeah, I think there's a saying, you can fake it to make it early on. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah. then, but, but, but then obviously you've got to like put up or shut up. And, uh, and as we go on to like Sheffield Wednesday, I walk into the dressing room and from day one, I was a 19 year old kid and I'm looking around the dressing room and I'm thinking, right, let's have it. If we've got to be, I've got to dive in here and yeah. both, both feet, because obviously when we go out onto the pitch, there is no, there is no like names. There is no age. You've just got to do your job and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we, we've got to go through the names that are in my dressing room of the day I turned up. Yeah, go on then. Just, uh, <laughs> well, where, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Chris Turner, who had obviously come from Man United, or Kevin Pressman, who was one of the best goalkeepers, or wow. Roland Nielsen, the right back, who had 100 caps for Sweden, or Nigel Worthington, who had 100 caps for Northern Ireland. Two of the best centre-halves in the country were Nigel Pearson, Viv Anderson, Man United again, yeah. or, uh, or Peter Shirtliff. And then you look in midfield and you've got Colton Palmer, one of the most dynamic midfield players in the country. Um, John Sheridan, one of the best passers of a ball international obviously republic of ireland john harks one of the like captains of america david hurst one of the most lethal strikers paul williams my former teammate trevor francis first million pound player danny wilson um again do you see what i'm saying it's gone yeah. like unbelievable it's, it's, yeah and then, and then you look yeah. at like months later and we start adding players like and we had like des walker came in and then you i mean chris waddle came in Mark Bright came in and all of a sudden you've got a squad of players and I'm still like 19 or 20 and I'm, and, and we're in the, we're a squad. And it was one of the funniest. It's like being at school. You, every day you get that camaraderie and it was just immense. Well, but I, I, it didn't matter who, who you picked. You could have gone like a manager could have gone like this. <laughs> and we would have had a side to, to beat nearly any side. Well, I think we went unfortunately, nine, uh, 
unfortunately, Darren Moore's doing that at the moment, but it's not quite working. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. Yeah, but now it's a different standard of. First of all, it's a different standard of opposition. It's a different standard of player. I mean, you you look at um, Sheffield Wednesday then, and I know it's always easier to say, but we had international breaks. There'd been no one. I mean, some of us were away with the under twenty ones. Every other player would be away with their country. Yeah. We had like 15 internationals who were not just like squad members. We're but, talking about Ron Atkinson had put together a squad and then Trevor took over of, we went 19 games unbeaten in the Premier League. Yeah, Do you crazy. know what I mean? At home or away, home or away. The only team I can think of that we used to struggle against was maybe Arsenal away. That yeah. was really the only game. Liverpool, no, we'd match them. Maybe we'd get a draw. Maybe we'd get beat by one. But Man United, we obviously got robbed when Brucey scored two goals, but we'd battered them. It was like every single team around that era, we was more than a match for. I think we was probably one of the top five sides or squads in the country for like two or three years. I mean, we had went to Wembley four times. We won the cup as a, a second division side. That's the, against Man United, who were probably one of the best sides in, in the, the first division, which is now obviously the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I just want to like rewind a, l- a little bit to, to the point where you did actually sign. Uh, who were it that signed you? Was it, was it Francis that signed you? No, Ron. Ron Atkinson, right. Big I mean, Ron, Ron, yeah. So at, at, that, at that point, I mean, how did that all come about? Uh, I mean, I know you signed for, what, 1.2 million, which... Back no, then. that was Southampton. That was, oh, that sorry. was my that was from Sheffield Wednesday to Southampton. It was five hundred thousand, I mean, weren't yeah, it? Five hundred thousand, yeah. So basically I'd played against Sheffield Wednesday for Cholton. Um and they both they were both in like division two, which is obviously now the championship. Uh, but one was struggling at the bottom end and Sheffield Wednesday always looked like going up, as I just mentioned all them names that so they should. Um and Basically, I uh, I did really well against uh, the likes of Shirtliff and Pearson and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Big Ron then had me monitored. I remember I was like 19 year old and um, I then got a phone call. Uh, Lenny said to me, oh, we've had a bid from uh, Sheffield Wednesday that we're going to accept. But if you don't, you don't need to go. And if you don't go, then you'll play. You will start on uh, at the weekend. So, okay. Already in my head, I know I'm going. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I mean, I don't know. There was never a B jams uh, or like a, there was an Iceland in Sheffield or like it's like a smaller type of Morrison's. So I had my pads, my boots in a like a plastic bag. I got on the train and met Big Ron at um, Birmingham International. I didn't go home for the best part of, unless we were playing in London, for the best part of four years <laughs> after that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even go home at the end of you know end of the season where everyone goes home and I, no not I just I just embraced it I just it was one of those Bob uh, Bubba uh, Bobo was uh, the driver for Big Ron he was waiting at the uh, train station and he took me to Sheffield I stayed at Hallam Towers for the best part of maybe two or three weeks and I went to Mayfair Court in the apartments but Did if you remember you that living in Sheffield oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was the best city in the country at that time because um, Sheffield United were just coming up into the Premier League. We had Ponds Forge opening. We had the Crucible. We had the uh, Don Valley just opening. We had the American footballs over there. We had the rugby. The whole place was buzzing. I, I, I used to say to people, I could have been out eight nights a week. I was a non, <laughs> non-drink. Honestly, I was a non-drinker when I came to Sheffield Wednesday at 19. The very first weekend I was here, 
we beat Chelsea in the second leg, maybe the second week. We was in uh, Chelsea in a night game. We'd already beaten them down there. So come back. And remember, we were like League One side, like a championship side, playing against Chelsea. We beat them there, beat them 3-1 at home. I went to Josie's that night. That was the first night I went to Josie's. I, I, the rest is a blur for about four and a half years. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm guessing not drinking didn't last very long with some of those guys in the air. Oh, no, 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 no. I was sea. smoking and drinking for about just straight away it was like you put your foot in the uh, in, in the starting blocks and you were away and gone And but these were tight, top international players who did it at both ends of the spectrum did you go out with like quite a few of you go out together as a, as a all team? of us yeah Literally, all the whole us. team went out near enough yeah yeah just splint the groups obviously some like this some like that and you had some that were like watering the plants instead of drinking and you had some that <laughs> dive off with a few randoms you know what I mean but yeah. yeah for me I embraced everything because as I said to you before I was bordering on the homeless in South London so that when I came to Sheffield Wednesday I was like anything went for me absolutely mm. anything there was nothing off the radar for me because I'd been like maybe a like a starved child who'd been all of a sudden opened up to the biggest cake shop in the world yeah. and, and I, were, I couldn't get enough of everything and it was the biggest party city I think it actually got voted in because obviously Leadmill obviously that was one of yeah. my biggest haunts and then I embraced because I was like a street urchin all my friends were either united or <laughs> blades uh, sorry united or Wednesdayites and it was a case of I knew everyone from Chinese Roy, who had the broadest Yorkshire accent, <laughs> to a car dealer, to any anything, anything from cars, from phones, to the man in the street. I knew everybody, and I and I moved from Bradway to London Road, uh, so I was on the same side of the road as the music factory. So that when I came out after the clubs, I didn't have to cross no roads. <laughs> I used to live, I used to live above a fruit and veg shop on London Road. And at one stage, I think I scored 12 in 16 games in the Premier League. And I was living above a fruit and veg shop on London Road. Wow. <laughs> I loved it, but I loved it all. It was just brilliant. Did you get any free fruit, fruit and veg or what? Yeah, of course. Got free everything. <laughs> Everywhere you went, it was free. Yeah, uh, yeah. honestly, the, the whole city was buzzing. It was, you could have been out eight nights a week. I mean, it was that good and everybody embraced it. Both sides of the city, there was nothing. Everyone was partying, <clears throat> everyone. It was like coming back from an away game, if he was a United fan, they were straight out to Ecclesall Road, London Road. Then I had friends that were opening up nightclubs. Um, I remember driving my friends around on like maybe a Tuesday, putting flyers up around lampposts to advertise the gig we were doing on Saturday night. I wasn't in the squad once. I wasn't in the squad. I was like maybe 20, 21. So I drove my mate's van to Leeds to pick up some lights to, to put on a gig at City Hall called Hot Pants. And I was on the door taking the money. Honestly, there was nothing off limits. I dived in. I dived in. There was nothing off limits. Premier League footballer slash doorman. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was it. My friend, my friend who lived with me, because obviously um, I had a couple of Sheffield people who did uh, ended up living with me because obviously I had a, a big house before I moved to the fruit and veg shop was uh, that. So they were with me. And yeah, he was the, he was basically the one who put on all the gigs. So it was great. I, I, I got to know everyone in Sheffield and it was it's just a part of my life that as a footballer, you'd like to have done it differently. But as a human being, you couldn't have done anything better. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, when was the, sorry, James. I was just going to say, Gordon, when was the last time you went? Uh, you been back to Sheffield? 
Uh, two, so I've been here two and a half years. So probably about three and a half years ago, I came back for a wedding and nothing had changed. I went to Eckersall Road. I went to Eckersall Road about four o'clock, right? And the lads, the lads were like, oh no, it's going to be a late one. And I'm like, no, 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 I've got a wedding tomorrow. Anyway, me, Wit, and uh, so Wit's uh, like uh, one of my good friends from, he's a Sheffield United uh, fan, big Sheffield United fan. At half three in the morning, I'm walking up um, Eckersall Road trying to flag down a cab. I was meant to be home at half nine. But nothing could change. The people were the same. They're still wearing Stone Island. There's Timberlands everywhere. And everyone was off their trolleys. And this was on a Friday night. And that's what Sheffield's all about. It's just get in the boat and you row. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, you've already alluded to the team that we had at the time. I mean, the squad. Well, yeah, the squad. Yeah, I mean, it was that's what I was back to come on to. I mean, there was so much competition uh, for places though, but you know, just reading off the strikers, you know, Mark Bright, Leroy Chambers, Trevor Francis, David Erse, Nigel Leroy Johnson. Chambers. No, Leroy Chambers was a YTS boy. He was, he was nowhere near. He wasn't even at the club when I, when I arrived. I don't think, did Leroy, he went somewhere else, didn't he? As he came, he broke through, but the, the strikers were uh, Brighty, well, obviously, first of all, it was Hursty who was, Hirsty, like, yeah. oh, he was scary good. And Trevor Tre- and Paul Williams. And then I was the fourth. And then he brought Nigel Jempson in. Yep. I remember Gemma had obviously come from, and he weren't a shy lad, by the way. So he was perfect to jump into the mix. So me and him were like this, you know, it was like him or I. Uh, and obviously Trevor bought him. Ron bought me. So he was always going to get the edge early on. And then one day I came home. I remember teletext. I put teletext on and it said, Nigel Jempson in car crash. Do you know what I thought? Fucking hell, that's a right result if he's out for ages. (laughs) I've been genuine. Do you know what I mean? I had actually said this to, to Gemma when we was back on. Yeah, he he done basically broke ankles. And by the way, it, was, it wasn't life-threatening. But yeah. for me, it, he never got back into the side in, as the same player. So for me, it's amazing that one man's misfortune is another man's fortune. Yeah, It's course, crazy yeah. how that, things work out and, and you right, just have to grab it. I suppose even though you're good mates and you've got good um, camaraderie and, you know, good crap with each other, yeah. As much as you want to play, so oh, exactly. No, 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 no. no. Pal, yeah. you, you want to, you want to be ahead of your pal, basically, don't you? So, oh, yeah, yeah. And that came, that came and bit me on the arse later on, was because one of my roommate with uh, the England under twenty ones was then my roommate at Sheffield Wednesday because we bought him as a right back and a centre back, Paul Warhurst. Mm. He went on a run of scoring 18 games. We played Knott's Forest away and we were struggling to like stretch teams. So what the, uh, Trevor did was put Paul Warhurst up front yeah. and he scored and never looked back. He got in the England squad as a striker. So there's my roommate who's a right back or centre back. And by the way, he caught pigeons. He was as sharp as you like. So he's a, he's a proper friend. Gemma weren't my friend, but I'd already known Paul Warris or Albert, as we called him, prior to even him coming to the club because we was away with England together. So all of a sudden, he's come to the club. We're all good mates. He then takes my place. I tell you what, that's a funny situation of watching someone take your place, but be genuinely happy for the squad and the side because it's better to go into a winning side than it is a a side that's struggling, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, just I just want to uh, touch on obviously the UEFA Cup. We we haven't oh, been yeah. in the UEFA Cup since. Um, 
I, I don't know if we ever get will get in the uh, UEFA Cup again. Never say never, eh? Well, you never you never know. Not 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 on current but uh, current performances anyway. But uh, but yeah, I mean we played Spora Luxembourg, um, which did you go to Luxembourg? Did I did. Play? Yeah, I scored. I scored our first goal in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Have you done any homework on this at all, James, or what? Do you know well, what I mean? I Are you just winging this? Cool. I, well, things. If I just reeled off everything, then you're not. You've... As well, Gordon. You know, Liam, Liam, get warmed up. Liam, get warmed up. You're coming on. <laughs> I, I can't. If I just reeled everything off, then. Uh, I know, I know, so don't worry. Then don't you're worry. just going to say anything, are you? So, you it's know. a tough school. It's a tough school. Yeah, so we beat we beat Sporra like nine, I think. In fact, Paul Warris got knocked out in that game. Yeah, I think he scored a goal. But he was not. He headed it on, and the keeper came out and punched him in his head, and he went straight to uh, Hallam and uh, the Hallamshire. And um, so we won, I think, nine. And then the eight way one. Could, I have done my own work. Eight so, one. So there was not. I saw there was nine <laughs> goals in it. But um, and we went to Spora, which was absolutely beautiful, by the way. Luxembourg's great, and we won two one. And uh, we had a, like a, it was really weird because we had a, um, a police escort through this through Luxembourg and Luxembourg's absolutely gorgeous and I look out the back window and my mate who lived with me who was the promoter he was driving the car inside the police escort right up the arse of the thing and we got to the hotel and we had a little chat in the foyer blah 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 I get up to my room and there's my mate who lives with me and is a promoter in me bath he's already got all the soap suds and everything in my bath it was brilliant but that things like that were allowed you know with that with that your first like trip for playing football on you know in europe uh yeah yeah i mean obviously i didn't go to uh, i'd obviously been away like you do as you play like sweden norway and that for pre-season friendlies but no you're playing in the europa or the uefa cup as it was then europa league now so yeah it was it was great i mean, I mean just I didn't even know we'd qualified, to be honest. You know, like the season before when we finished third. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realise that we'd qualified for Europe because remember there was a ban on for it European was, yes. clubs and I didn't realise that that was probably the first year we was allowed back in yeah. or only one or two sides were allowed back in. Yeah, because obviously we should, we should have been uh, in Europe when we when we won the League Cup. but uh, That was it, yeah. That's that's that threw me a right dummy. To do with the, uh, with the ban. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just obviously then we, we then come back and played Kaiserslautern, which... Oh. When you speak, obviously, I, w- I wasn't there. I was, what, three years old at that, at that point. But when you speak to people, they said that the, the atmosphere at Hillsborough was absolutely amazing. Gone goose goosebumpy. Yeah. Never amazing, known yeah. anything like it. We, uh, we came out. So first of all, we went over there. And by the way, you want a cauldron? That was a proper cauldron. There was like maybe 100 to 200 red flares away to our right. This, and we're talking about Kaiserslautern here, who were on a par with Bayern Munich at the time. Yeah, they were like off the charts. They were like either first or second in the Bundesliga for like three or four years. They were like hot. Anyway, it's ramoed. It was like red flares, back, uh, black backdrop. It was scary. We went one nil up, and then obviously I think um, Hursty got sent off, and uh, so we're three one down. And we came out at Hillsborough that night to Queen. We will rock you. It was jumping, jump. I've never known anything like it. I mean it surpassed the Sheffield Derbies. I mean, Sheffield Derbies obviously put hairs on the back of your neck, but or Wembley or anything like that. But this night was just unbelievable. Yeah, obviously we, you know, we we, we got knocked out of the out of the UEFA Cup, but it, it's just one of those. Like I said when you when you speak to people and uh, from that that era and fans that were that were there at the time, they, they put that like you just said there as one of the 
top top games and and, and atmospheres and like the we always. drew two two that night. I mean, obviously we we were one nil up over there. Um, and this is the quality of both sides that we're talking about and how the club were on the up because we drew 2-2 that night and I think they got a late equaliser. Um, but we were one up over there and went down to 10 men and then they got the better of us and we still had chances late on with 10 men. So, I mean, listen, it, it was a big, big spirit. Sorry? Did you start in that game? No, I came, I came on in the uh, away leg. And yes, I started uh, the, I uh, did the whole 90 minutes at home. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Obviously when, uh, when, when Trevor came in, would you say that, that, that Trev got the, got the best out of you? Uh, no, not really. Uh, well, for us, for a period, yes. But it, it was always like, remember Ron bought me and I'm still a young boy. Trevor was still a player and then he became player manager for like a season and a half. Now, I'm, uh, Trevor still made himself sub where I felt that I could have been sub at night at 20 year old and come on and learn and, and, mm. and sort of progress. Listen, we're talking about a manager here who's unbelievable talent, right? We're talking about one of the first million pound player, but he brought himself on at one, one in a game set up the goal and then automatically took himself back off again and waved at the crowd to say, look what I've done. There was a lot of inconsistencies about Trevor. I, I can be a hypocrite and say I really liked him or I could be wrong and say that I didn't like him because he was consistently inconsistent. But look at the squad that he either inherited and threw a little bit of fairy dust on I could, I could have picked up anyone in the street to manage them boys because they were all born winners. Now, listen, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from him because he was the manager. But <laughs> we're talking about Roland Nielsen, Chris Turner, Nigel Worthington, Nigel Pearson, John Sheridan, Colton Palmer, Chris Waddle. They are all went on to be managers. Yeah. And these are all players that are 28 and above. So he had a team of managers. They had a team that could manage games. It's so... It seems like they sorted it out themselves already. Exactly. From training, from everything. Honestly, Trevor had an armchair ride. Absolute armchair ride. Um, obviously, there was a few bits and bobs that went on. Uh, Colton Palmer, right? It was a laughing stock if you don't actually know or appreciate, right? Because he doesn't look right. <laughs> Every single Premier League club to this day would love to have someone like him in their midfield. Oh, my God. He could break it up on your six-yard box, give it, and get on the end of it in their six-yard box in the same move. Fit, the fit, energy. Fit, oh, and, 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 and he could be drunk. I know he didn't, but he could have been drunk the morning of the game with his nookie up by bare eyes going like this. <laughs> And still be one of your best players. He Gordon, was it's funny you say that phenomenal. because he, Carl Palmer was my first ever manager. He gave me my first ever professional contract. Can you believe it? When he was oh, at yeah. Mansfield. Where was, where was he at Mansfield? He was a Mansfield manager and he signed oh, me. Oh, okay. And I was playing non-league at the time. And then when he signed me, it was like, wow. Like, it was a reality check. Once it was, well, straight away it was Carl Palmer. So ready, you're like, yeah. Yeah, starstruck over him. But... He was all about like how fit he was even then as a uh -huh. man. Still now, he's had heart attack and he's still the same. And you're thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, if he's if he's this fit now yeah. when he was the manager, what would he have been like when he played? 
Oh yeah, he was off the chart. I was one of the best runners. I was one of yeah. the best runners, and honestly, I needed binoculars <laughs> to find him on 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 their big runs up at Uden Dam and things like that. He was, but. Uh, obviously I could give him stick because I have to give him stick. He couldn't <laughs> trap a bag of cement, you know, but, but he had John Sheridan next to him. The pair, the pair of them had everything, the game you, you needed, you know, yeah. everything. You give it to Shez, Shez would ping it out to the left and C would get on the end of it. He, he, he saw danger. He was just one of these players that. It seemed like there was a really good mix perfect we had a right right back left back overlapped and delivered we had two center halves or three center halves so any two from three they defended they won headers they won tackles and they cleared the ball you had the best passer in the probably in the premier league in john sheridan you had the most energetic partner alongside him then bring in chris waddle who you give the ball to you know what's coming and defenders still cannot stop him it's just yeah, and we had like young players coming in as well. Ryan Jones got a Welsh call up at the age of 19, 20, but he had to uh, retire through some um, toe injuries like gout or some craziness. Graham Hyde had a career who, again, was one of those that did the ugly side of the game. We had proper players and we had a proper squat so he could pick mm. any of them. I mean, in the early days, Hursty, I mean, if he didn't have them to, I mean, he actually got smashed at uh, Highbury. Um, I think it was Steve Bold came through him, broke yeah. his foot. Hursty, I think, finished the game. And this was in like the 15th minute he broke his foot. What a, yeah, proper leader. That was the biggest word. They were all leaders. Yeah. They, all went on to be, they all went on to be managers. Yeah, of course, yeah. And they were leaders off the pitch as well, by the way. They all they all knew how to have a party. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. We, we, yeah, we they, some, some stories. Exactly, and that's the thing. But they embraced everyone. It weren't. Oh, I mean, obviously, CP again. Colton used to get like a bit out of hand because that's the way he is. Yeah. When he's had a drink and he'd go in and abuse people in a restaurant, mm-hmm. like he'd like look over to someone who's eating and say get him a bucket of water or get a bottle of DP for CP in the house <laughs> at the top at the pop at the top of his voice and you're like that see settle yourself down you know and remember I'm still a baby I'm the baby of this group it's like come on now I used you to like split up when you them Gordon um, well, obviously, Chris Turner, I don't keep in touch. I speak to a lot of them on Twitter or things like that. And it's one of those, you know what it's like. If you've not seen someone for 20 years, but you get thrown back into that environment, it's like you yeah. had a game last week. Yeah. yeah. You just don't lose that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I saw Hurstie at a golf day. I, I'll uh, message CP or, yeah, it just uh, Chris Turner was my manager, at, obviously, at Hartlepool. And then I came back and tried again at Sheffield Wednesday uh, in, before I retired. Um, yeah, so, again, it's one of those old Chris Woods. He was been a uh, goalkeeping coach over Man United, Everton, West Ham. Um, so, yes. it's, it's, yeah, Harksy I speak to because, obviously, he's over here stateside, John Harks. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Paul Williams I speak to. He's in Florida. So, yeah, it's just if and when, but I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm going to bell him, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, was, was it at your time at Sheffield Wednesday when you got called up to the under twenty ones for for England as well? Yeah. I mean, what yeah, what, yeah. what what was that like? I mean, you know, you've, you've, you know, you're at Charlton, then you go to Wednesday, then you then you know in in the under twenty ones yeah, in England. In, I was yeah. I mean, when I was I think eighteen and a half, nineteen, I was on standby for the under twenty ones at Charlton. So really, that that's yeah. like rocking all shit. You know what I mean? I mean, Scott Minto got called up as well. So there was two of us from Cholton. But having under-21 players at Cholton was not the regular thing, you know? 
Yeah. I think maybe Rob Lee might have got involved a few years before us, but he's a lot older. Um, and then I got to Sheffield Wednesday and I played in that uh, promotion team for about the last 12, 15 games. And then uh, funny enough, I played in the reserves just to, uh, just before the end of the season. It was like, a, a, we needed to win. The, we was we won the reserve league. The reserves then was a lot different to what, well, obviously the oh, reserve league yeah. now is, there, but it was it big, big time then. We won it? the league. We won the, we won the reserve league that season I joined. I think I scored 12 in 13, but it was like we played Liverpool, we played Everton, Man City, Man United, that Pontins League. I was like, I was playing and all of a sudden, Man United had got Blackmore, Phelan, um, who else was there? Uh, the Irish boy who played, Mal Donaghy. You had Sharp, maybe Lee Sharp was coming back or Russell uh, Beards. The reserve league was still a, a good standard. Oh yeah, it weren't like you're under 23 passing it, a million passes and not going anywhere. You know what I mean? It was like a proper, proper league. Yeah, we played against That's- like play against Liverpool and you got like either Beglin or Nickel or McMahon or yeah, the reserve league was a league or a team to get, keep your fitness if you're not in the first team or for players to perform, to get in the first team. Mm, yeah. I think, I think a reserve manager is the hardest manage the hardest position in a football club because you're managing players who none of them want to be there. Yeah, none of them want to play in the reserves. Mm-hmm. They all want to play. They're all disgruntled if they're in the reserves, unless you've got an experienced first teamer who's only coming in to gain some match fitness from back from injury. I mean, we had an unbelievable side in that, um, who went on to have careers. I mean, John Newsom and David Weverall both had great careers and they got released on the back of that, um, that Pontins uh, championship we won. So yeah, listen. It was we had good players and good squad. I mean, in that England under twenty one um, squad, then. So I'm right in saying that Alan Shearer was uh, was was playing with you. Yeah, we had David James in goal. Yeah, we had Shearer. We had Jason Dodd, who played four hundred times for Southampton. We had Rod Wallace, Steve McManaman, um, Damian Matthews. Um, we had a few of the Northern boys from like Sunderland, I think Richard Ord and Brian Atkinson. There was, yeah, it was a good group again, you know, it was one of those. And that's when uh, Shearer, funnily enough, he moved from Southampton to Blackburn. And I think it was in that summer because he actually, he won the, uh, like, uh, weren't the Cruyff Award, but it was something like that. Um, he had the best scoring record in the under-21s since Gert Muller or something, you know? Yeah. It was scary. It was great. I mean, w- w- was you the same cheeky chappy kind of person? Yeah, that you too were... much. Too <laughs> so much, you, so yeah. you, didn't, you didn't change then, even though you... No, you the... I knew no other way. That was the other thing that looking back, that, that would have been the biggest things that I would have tried to tame and show the game a bit more respect because I felt as if I had to be away. It's almost like I put a mask on. When I, when I joined Sheffield Wednesday, any... Um, negativity or any insecurities I had as a human being or as a footballer, I could leave in South London and reinvent myself when I came to Sheffield Wednesday. So from being a piss boy from South London who had nothing and this and the other, I went to Sheffield Wednesday as a 19-year-old boy and I became someone. And I didn't, I had, I had no guidance from any adults. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was learning on the job and both as a human being and as a footballer. And the football inside was great because I learned from like some of the best players that Sheffield Wednesday have ever had. And I enjoyed the best time in Sheffield Wednesday's history. But off the field, 
I had no guidance. And it, uh, so it was like completely fucked. When you, know you know what I mean? Gordon for Sheffield Wednesday, did the Northerners give you a bit of stick because you were from down south? No, they embraced me. Honestly, it was like, yeah, from day one. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. There was no, the only thing I couldn't work out was on maybe the first or second morning I was there and I went to Lily's, right, to get me the old bacon and egg. And I could have been in there 45 minutes, asked, like, them asking me every question under the sun. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck off here you know what I mean egg, like, the thing is when you're talking to someone you can't be eating your egg and bacon sandwich so you my egg and bacon sandwich is getting cold and I'm like I didn't want to be rude I thought, so you're I asking, thought you were going to say the, the old roll and, uh, bread cake debate that they don't understand what what, what yeah. you wanted <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Yeah, exactly. No, there was that as well because uh, yeah, it was it was a balm cake or, or something. Yeah, like that. bread cake. Yes, bread it was cake. a <laughs> sausage and egg breakfast. Yeah, so a breakfast. I still bread can't cake, get, yeah. get used to. I've been yeah. in Sheffield for for eight years and I still can't get out yeah, of it. Yeah, it was like a sausage and egg uh, bread cake. Yeah, yeah. From Lily's. Is Lily's still there? Lily's is still there. Yes, on Peniston oh, Road. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I think it'll be there forever. I don't think it's going to. Yeah. So it what, should be. What about Berry's pork sandwich then? You must have had one of them. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I had everything in in Sheffield. I, in fact, I on London Road, as I said to you early on about Chinese Roy. He used to do the old uh, meat and uh, stuffing because it was like a butcher's as well. And um, I used to love all the food. I had a Caribbean um, I, when I lived above the fruit and veg. I had the Italian opposite. I had the Caribbean three doors up i had the um chinese roy's it was like lunchtime sandwiches and butchers just there i had everything you'd want you know it was just perfect chinese obviously because chinese roy do the chinese in the evening but i had everything absolutely nothing was off limits it was just great yeah i mean when we when we always have guests on we always talk about the steel city derby i mean one of the biggest derbies in english football and if you ask me best one in the world but i'm biased so yeah, yeah um, i mean you, you played in i know you played definitely in one because you scored in one uh in what obviously at hillsborough as well i mean like i said not only to play in one but to, to score in one as well like, like just the just like describe yeah. like what it what it were like well, first of all, it was in the top flight. And it, and when we say the top flight, it's because it was new to everyone. I remember the city's buzzing. I mean, both sides are like, I mean, I want to say sides. I'm not talking about football clubs or teams. I'm sides of the city. Yep. Okay. Both sides are absolutely buzzing. It's like they're out all the time. They can't wait to go to work. They can't. Everything was just on a high. The whole city, if you could pick it up, it was the best place in the world because there was no negativity about anything ever. So we play them. They piss all over us for the first two or three meetings. Um, and then we had, I think, 36, 37,000 inside Hillsborough. Even there was people even in the crow's nest. So as you come out of the tunnel, the top left-hand corner, as you see, there was people in there. And they had the whole away end at the top, but we had our fans along the bottom. Anyway, we, we battered them. There was a mismatch. It was a mismatch on, on quality. There was a mismatch on in the match. We could have won by 10 and we won 3-1. And I remember scoring and uh, I stood there just right in front of the Sheffield, like the Wednesday fans were on the bottom, but I'm looking up just seeing all the United fans going like this. And it's funny how they must have had seven or 8,000 or whatever it holds 
I see my friends <laughs> pelting me, absolutely <laughs> pelting me. I was out with them. I was out with them that night. I got all the signs. I got honest to God. It was just one of them things that will stick with you forever and ever. It, it was a long ball over the top, weren't it? Literally root, yeah, like, from Prezi. From yeah, Prezi. Yeah. yeah, they misjudged it. Jamie Hoyland. Jamie Hoyland. Hang on. I think that's... Uh, that prison. Get rid of this. No, 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 no. It's, I've got to get rid of that because I'm in the middle of a. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the. I'll turn it down, in fact, because otherwise they will be wanting to ring me back. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when, so, when you so, talk so, about yeah, route, one, route one, it literally yeah. was route one, weren't it? Oh, it was. It was. It was literally route one, and um, a keeper came out. I, I lobbed it over him, and I just headed it into an empty net. It, it was great. I mean, the, the celebration. You obviously said you was looking up at the uh, United fans. Was that was that the kind of your normal celebration? Was that premeditated? What did or did you just no. happen? Yeah, I remember shaking someone's hand. They came out of the crowd, and I shook their hand, and then and obviously I was looking up, and it was just it was just one of them moments. Because these are the, the pictures you just stood, you just stood there, arm, arms to your side, like just look, yeah, or up arms and, up, yeah, yeah, just just milking it for all it's worth, <laughs> because it was right in front of all the United fans, which is great. Because remember that they'd been beating us, yeah, and so even though we would have by my, you know, when they say form goes out the window in the derby. Mm. That is your prime example. They weren't good enough to be laced the boots of the majority of our players, you know? And it's like, you're going to have to stop this. Stop this. I'm in the middle of a uh, Zoom. <laughs> we'll edit this bit out. Yeah, please do, because obviously I'm going to have murders with this when I get home. It's almost like I've forgotten the milk or something. Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is, it's one of those where we were by far man, dog, everything better. We were obviously the better half of the city, better players, better ground, better everything. And yet when we played in the derbies, they got the better of us. So it's always one of those like with the FA Cup third round when it goes out the window. It was like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously when you, when you come out and you see, you know, you see just a sea of blue and white, obviously the red and white in the, in the away end, we don't, we don't talk about that then, but uh, you're just to, like the atmosphere as well. It's, it's something you can't, like, it's hard to describe, isn't it? Because, you know, cause, you know as, as a fan as well, obviously it's always the game when, when we're in the same league, it's always the game that you look for. You never, you know, oh, that, you, you always look for that one first, you know, when we're playing them at home. And then obviously you look at when you, when you're playing them at the lane as well, but like just the, it's like the whole week, like the build up to it, like you like you said before, and it's not just it's not just one game. It is a whole week in it where you know the the, the media around it. You know, it's just like, we played them in a semi final at Wembley. Yeah, we played them in a semi final at Wembley. We, if the stadium had held two hundred thousand people, two hundred thousand people would have gone. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was it was like off the charts. I mean, can you believe that? First of all, two of, we both get to a semi final. And then when the names are out the hat, we, I mean, it was like London Derby, Arsenal, Tottenham, Sheffield Derby. So, so basically what happened is Arsenal got Tottenham. So they're like, oh, two Southern sides. We've got to have uh, the uh, semi-final at Wembley. Because normally it would be like a Highbury or Villa Park or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yep. So anyway, so they said, okay, Sheffield Wednesday versus Sheffield United. Oh, they can have it at Old Trafford. And we're like, hang on a bit. There was a big hoo-ha in like the yeah, were, uh, yeah. in the Commons. I remember Joe Ashton standing up and going, "Hang on a minute, if they're going at Wembley, we go to Wembley." And that's what they did. That was the first time. That was where it all changed. And honestly, God, you drive down, and it was like crazy. 
Uh, it was off the charts. I mean, I was injured. I got injured um, 10 days before the final, before the semi-final. You must have been gutted. Yeah, I was. But uh, um, basically, Trevor said to me, I need you to play in a reserve game at uh, Sunderland just to stay sharp because we're going to need everyone. We're in semi-finals. We're pushing in the league. I said, no problem. And Michael Gray two-footed me from the side and I tore all my ankle ligaments. So I was actually on crutches. So I went down to Wembley the night before the semi-final with a load of friends and we stayed in like Kilburn or something mad like that. I mean, I was smashed at the game. <laughs> we, we got, we had a box and everything. And the thing is I was on crutches so that I couldn't even get down to, to the pitch, but that was the semi-final. I mean, I was there obviously for the finals, but yeah, I, I missed all of them, but it was just one of them things. It was just a hand that was dealt. I mean, something that I wasn't going to bring up, but a few people have mentioned it on Twitter. Of that yeah. awful tackle that from the Leeds player uh, yeah, on itself that, that resulted in that, in that penalty. Um, yeah, yeah, what, 12th of January, 1992. I mean, you must get asked about it all the time. Yeah, of course, because it was basically, it was the only live game on British television. So you remember we used to have one live game on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And th that was it. There was no Sky. There was no, this was the one live game. So there was 19.9 million people watching this game. Leeds were one of the best sides in the country. And we were the second, second or third, fourth best. I think that was the year we actually finished third, two Leeds. Uh, and I got him around the back and Chris White scraped his boot down the back of my, um, my Achilles and trapped my nerve. But... I didn't realize at the time and I couldn't understand why everyone thought I dived because I was obviously all in the moment. I didn't realize I'd taken another two, three steps before I went down. And I remember uh, Trevor saying to me as a young lad, if anyone touches you in the box, you go down. But by the time I'd been touched, by the time I went down, it looked like an absolute <laughs> joke. But I didn't know this at the time until I'd actually seen it. I'm going to have don't. to have you not it's seen it, crazy. Giles? I haven't seen it. Oh. oh my God, it's off the charts. It's like, I couldn't even, be, I, I watch it now and still can't believe that I did that. And the ref gave the penalty, by the way. So and Sheridan nearly missed penalty, it. Sheridan nearly missed it, didn't he, by the way? Well, yeah, well, he did miss it, didn't he? He got well, he did, Yeah, he did, yeah. He, he but was followed it a penalty it then? Was it, was, yeah, yeah. Well, the ref gave a penalty. penalty. No, but was but it problem, a penalty? I mean, or not well, really? it was. If you, as a footballer, you will see it differently because if they say it from a different angle, I get him around the back along the six-yard box and he scrapes his foot down. If I go down there and then, it's a stone waller. But because okay. I didn't, I, but the, the foot that he scrapes down the back of my Achilles, that foot never touches the ground again. I don't know. And I take another step and then I flip, but it's just the simulation that makes yeah. it look so, so bad. And we got beat 6-1, by the way. Yeah. And it was live on telly. And Saint and Greavesy were blasting me, calling me a cheat. Anything that could have gone wrong for the whole squad, anything that could have gone wrong, remember it's a, a Yorkshire derby as well, <laughs> with the two best sides in Yorkshire fighting it out at the top of the table. And this lead side were like off the charts, decent. You know what I mean? I mean, they went and won the league. They were the last team to actually win the first division before it became the Premier League. Um, we got beat 6-1. So whatever went wrong, went wrong for all of us. And it just happens to be that everyone remembers that from that game. Yeah, I mean, like, what were we like after that then? Did, did, were they like repercussions? It put me back. It put me back. It put me back, uh, my confidence and everything else. It put me back about six, seven months, I would say, because everywhere I went. I remember it was like, they opened the sun on the Monday 
and it was or on, on the Tuesday. It was like I'm going to say it's, it's completely now, different like, now, isn't it? But then I suppose that amount of kind of uproar and coverage on something wasn't the norm at all then. Well, of course, Sky get four million top whack, right? If Sky get four million for a game, that's off. That's like unbelievable. Nineteen point nine million people in the country. That's like thirty percent of the total population were watching it. <laughs> yeah, crazy. And I'm twenty year old. And by the way, I've got no protection from Trevor, who again was the first English player to be booked for diving. <laughs> right, He's okay. my gaffer. Just back I mean? to the whole uh, consistency, inconsistent, yeah. There you go, there you go. And I'll tell you what, if we'd have come back and won the game, because we were 2-0 down, that got us to 2-1. If we get to 2-1, then it's completely different. Exactly. And then we got beat six. <laughs> you got absolutely pumped. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we fast forward a little bit. Um, you went to you went to Southampton um, playing, you know, the likes of Matt Letizier, obviously, is, is one one big name that, that were there. What, what what was he like as a as a player? Great lad. He's the he's the person I speak to most still now living here. He's one of my best friends. He's like just everything that I would want uh, out of a friend, you know. He was a great teammate. Yeah, unbelievable talent. Uh, yeah, just still to this day. So we're talking like, what, 27 years, 26 years after joining. Yeah, just his family. Yeah, I'm closer to him than anybody else um, from the footballing world. I mean, if you listen to Carlton Palmer, he, tell, he obviously tells the story of when he, yeah, when they he didn't came. get on. They when didn't he, yeah. get on. So that's one of those things where you need to hear both sides of the story. <laughs> so yeah, he came, he came in. I was just about to ask, was that, was that like... Was that true? What what he says in terms of he came in and kind of shook shook it up a little bit and and whatnot. Well, that's Colton. See 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 what I did when I was twenty or nineteen in that Sheffield Wednesday. That's what Colton tried to do. But Colton is as subtle as a house brick. Do you know what I mean? And the other thing is Colton's game couldn't be further removed from Tiz's game. Yeah, you've got so one. Oh, place. you couldn't get any further. We're talking like Stuart Pearce and Messi. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, but, but both are worth their weight in gold in any side, any team, any trench. But no, Colton had to go and rock the boat. Tiz, Tiz used to have sausage and egg McMuffins on the way to training. Do you know what I mean? Colton used to come in still smelling a brandy, but Colton then went and did a certain role and Tiz did what he does is flicks the ball up, don't look, and puts it in the top oh. corner, half volley, and he did that on a Saturday. But because he maybe carried an injury or two and he was starting to jade a little bit, it was an easy one. And, I, and I'm always against people who see a little chink in someone's armour and then they can they have a pop when Colton was a big enough character not to be like that. And, and obviously you need to recognise that Tiz was an unbelievable talent. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have guests on and what have you. And you look for like the players that you've played with and stuff. You always find that that like there's a lot of players that you play with at other clubs as well. For example, you know Palmer at, at Southampton, then David Hurst then joined you as well, didn't he? Like, yeah, he uh, weren't the same neither. Yeah, that, Hurst, obviously- he was never the same after them two ankle. He had like basically he split his Achilles, and so he had big scars down the back of his Achilles. Everyone, every player knows that if your Achilles goes. You're 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 finished. It's like a gunshot yeah. in it when it goes yeah. as well. Yeah, yes. exactly. Awful injury. And, and Hurst had both. I mean, talking of injuries, um, when you were at Bradford, that were like a well, one of the worst injuries you can get in it. Really, a, a double uh, double leg break. Um, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen the I've seen the tackle. It was 
it was a terrible tackle. Um, foul. <laughs> yeah, it was, well. Tackle. Tackle is when you get the ball. That's a foul. How can it be a tackle? A tackle is when you slow. Attempted tackle. No, it wasn't. It was, a, it was assault. You probably get. It looked like. He went to two foot the ball, right? He went to two foot the ball. I'd already passed it off and he stamped up through my standing leg, which would have been a ball and a half above the ball on the ground. Yeah, this is... Sorry, Gordon, who was the player? Kevin Gray from uh, Huddersfield who went on to play for Carlisle. He's a hod carrier, really. You know what I mean? He was like one of them big meatheads who basically, it was the fourth minute of a local derby. I'd only been at Bradford two weeks and... Yeah, he he went to do me, but I cannot say hand on heart. He went to snap my leg in. Basically, I needed five operations from from that, and I was out for eighteen months. I mean, at that Thanks. point, did you think it were it were over? It were done. I mean, oh. how old how old were you at that, at that time then? Twenty six. Yeah, so you're like in your prime. No, I got to my prime. Yeah, well, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, so do, you, do you think it's over and done with then? At that point, no, 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 because footballers never think they can lose. They're certainly the most competitive human beings on the planet. And as soon as you think that you're going to lose or you will not do something, you won't do it. Yeah. No, there's no chance. There's just no chance. Any negativity in the mindset, you will then achieve. So, no, I had to focus everything how, on getting back at some stage. I was going to say, how so long did, did it take to recover yeah. from, from there? I was never the same player again because at Sheffield Wednesday and Southampton, I was very mobile. And then uh, um, Bradford, I was, uh, uh, it's strange. I was a better player mentally because I just spent the last 18 months watching 7, 10, 15, 20 games a week. So all of a sudden, I became a lot more aware of things that I never used to be able to do. So for me, being a link-up player and a goal scorer, people would laugh at you in my early days because I was a runner and a goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, so, so like when you when you are out and what, and what have you um, recovering? I mean, did anyone tell you that you perhaps can't play again, or is it was it like right? This is what you're going to have to do. You're going to you're going to get back and and everything. Yeah, I had to. I just had to wait for the bones. So basically, both. If you remember, you used to get a ruler at school, and you went like that, and a bit of the ruler flew out. Well, that happened to both the bones in my leg. So they plated it, but they couldn't put a plate a screw through the middle bit because there was no bone there. Yeah. So they play, They put the plate there, three, three screws across the top, four across the bottom, and left this gap in the middle and hoped the topped meaty bottom as the bones grew. Well, it, it went like that, but there was a little bit more that went sideways. So that when I started to run again, the my calf muscle was like this, but it was hitting this bit of bone like that that was like this way. So it kept slicing my calf muscle. So they had to open me up again and get the old grinder and shave down it's literally yeah. they got the grinder opened me up and they shaved down the bone that was growing out to the right and yeah and I got back and I played and uh, and we got promoted to the Premier League as well yeah because so when you came back uh, there's that game against uh, Barnsley isn't there, that uh, he scored yeah. uh, scored two goals and then got got prom- um, he stayed up that that season was that right no we won it we, oh, we yeah. went up we went up as runners up yeah I mean that was uh, my first main game back. Is, it, uh, is, this, we is, this when, is this when Stuart McCall falls off the falls off the car? <laughs> yeah, so he falls off the he falls off the uh, he falls off the van uh, after we get promoted mm-hmm. earlier on uh, later on in the season, the last game at Wolves. But I mean, before that, I we were one 0 down against Barnsley, and there was five minutes to go, and I came on as sub. So obviously, it was like my first 
game back um, at Valley Parade and I scored twice in five minutes and we won 2-1. I mean, it's like, wow. if something was wrote in the stars, yeah. that was it. My first game back after 18 months being out at Valley Parade, we're 1-0 down again, again, Yorkshire Derby. And you know what I found out that day? That my family member had had an accumulator and he was waiting on Bradford to beat Barnsley. And really? I came on with five minutes to score and I scored two and we won two one. It was like crazy. It was like, how, how does that happen? He was over there. It wasn't over the moon. He scored two. He was over the moon because his accumulator came up. That's family for you. 10%. No, 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 listen, it would have been pittance. Yeah, it would have been. Listen, it was It was just one of those. Uh, it was just wrote in the stars. And yeah, as dreams come true, and a lot of Bradford people say that it was the most memorable game they've, they've ever been to. Yeah, I mean when that that just that he alluded to uh, Stuart McCall when he falls off the off the van, that has to be one of the the funniest clips. Oh, he that was I've seen. smashed. <laughs> he was totally smashed. Obviously, we had played against Wolves in the afternoon. We needed to get something out of the game, or at least match Ipswiches. And this remember Bradford City. This is not like they've never been in the top flight in their life. They were they used to struggle to stay in League Two. Yeah. Anyway, so we would go there. We've done great. And by the way, what a great squad. Uh, Paul Jewwood put together, and we sadly didn't do very good at. Uh, did he do the same at Wednesday? But no, but yeah. that, that was when Wednesday was in decline. I mean, it was completely different. That's that's the problem we had, and especially under Giles's time, it's been Wednesday's been totally mismanaged because. Yeah. It was allowed to slide. It was allowed to. And it doesn't matter how good a players you then bring in. If you're on a slippery slope, it's winning's a habit, but so's losing. Mm. And it, and it's one of those. And, and also, I don't mind saying this, Hills was too big for a lot of players. Because so the, it is. Because so it's the pressure. Times. It's the pressure. pressure. Off the pitch, you cannot go anywhere. You can be having a piss in your house. If you've got the window open and you're looking out, someone will be able to see and have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it. Your life is their life, and, and that you you are living their dream, and we but we embrace that. And again, it, the habit was winning, and and that's what we did most weeks. Yeah, I mean, after after Br- uh, Bradford, you went to Hartlepool. You've already mentioned him. Chris Chris Turner was was there. Uh, well, yeah. sorry, after Bradford, you didn't go to Hartlepool, did you? You went to, oh, to uh, you went to Bournemouth, yeah, but. Uh, not really much happened there, but we'll sort of skip on to Hartlepool. Well, yeah, I, well I fell down a hole in the training pitch. They, they, they were, didn't have a pot to piss in. So we trained on like a park pitch. So I bent my run into the corner and there was a little hole <laughs> and I tore all my ankle ligaments. Christ. Right? And I went, uh, yeah, this is this is Mel Machin. They pulled me off the pitch. They rung up the kit man who came, drive on the pitch in the car, stuck me in the back. And I went home. And they didn't even take me, send me to the doctors. My ankle was like that big. So I went, I'm done with football. I'm done. So nine months later, my ex-teammate, Guy Whittingham, he gets the assistant manager's job at uh, Pompey with uh, Steve Claridge. So I ring him and say, listen, I want to get back fit. Can I come and train? And he said, yeah. Claridge gets sacked about three, four weeks later. But Harry comes in and allows me to train. I trained for like a year and a half of like proper, all of a sudden, you know, the old me when I was 20, if I'd have trained like I did now when I had a desperation to get back in the game. Yeah. I'd, 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 and I could have achieved anything. Yeah. You weren't because at club, Gordon. You just literally just trained in there for free. You didn't yeah, have any... Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I played for Bournemouth for free as well. Wow. Yeah, I said to them, if I, if I get to... Um, the funny thing is, I said to Bournemouth that if I get to a certain standard, 
because remember I'm coming off the back of my broken leg um, and obviously playing a bit part in the Bradford getting promoted and then obviously I had a hassle with the Bradford chairman because he tried to take the piss because I won the court case so he tried to yeah, basically take the piss and I didn't allow that so I went home went to Bournemouth said to Mel Machin I'll play for you nothing but if I get to the standard that I'm in your team you can offer me a contract anyway he offered me a contract and that was the morning of my me doing my ankle on the training ground Christ yeah so so when you said so like went, it, this. when you say it's written in the stars it, like, yeah. and that happens as well you think fuck like Christ good yeah exactly good bad and ugly yeah. You've got to take them all. They're all imposters. They're all sent to try you. Uh, even good things are sent to try you because it's how you handle them. But, and, um, and all the good things that happened to me at Sheffield Wednesday, I, I handled them, I embraced them, and I did many wrong things as a f- professional footballer. As a human were, being... Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, I'm just saying about but I, the amount I enjoyed. In terms I of the social on there. <clears throat> yeah, Do yeah, you yeah. think you tried to take that into the other clubs you went into as well? What you kind of like the? Uh, yeah, I try. Yeah, I, I was just. Uh, if I was a teacher, looking at me as a pupil, I'd say I'm a complete pain in the ass. But the juice <laughs> is worth the squeeze. Yeah, you know, that's what I would say. Did but you yeah, do anything I, else, Gordon? Then, when you were training with Paul, with with Pompey, for you said yeah. a year and a half you were training there. Yeah. Easy. So were you doing anything else on the side or were you literally just... No, I was breathing, running, and I got back fitter than I'd been in a long, 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 long while. Wow. Yeah. And I went to Hartlepool and the Hartley, and that was it. Chris Turner, basically, I was training at Pompey and Pompey had about 45 players on board. Remember, Harry was buying all these players. I mean, yeah. fucking hell. I mean, uh, Robert... Um, Oh, what was it? What was the Croatian lad? I'm doing him a disservice here. Robert Prozanecki, right? It was the captain of Yugoslavia. He gave me his Croatian shirt, right? He was one of them. Todorov. All these players were turning up and they were like in the second division. Um, and the player, the person who was training with Neil McNabb was best neighbours with um, Chris Turner when they were, he was at Man City, Sebi was at um, Man United. And he said, I've got someone, uh, one of your old teammates training and he's ready to go. So Chris rung me and said, do you want to come up? I said, yeah, if you want. But if I, well, I mean, he said to me, Hartlepool, I'm like, <laughs> where? I mean, yeah. I had no clue, you know what I mean? But he gave me an opportunity and all of a sudden I was playing for uh, like my pride. And also I had a young son who I couldn't quit because later on in life, if he like hits the stumbling block, yeah, I can't tell him to dig in because he said to me, what, like you did? I had to take that away from him. And also my mate was the manager. So all of a sudden I had a responsibility to perform for my friend as well as myself. And it's great. To with you. No, I flew up. I used to fly up on a Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. If we had a game on a Tuesday, I flew up to Newcastle. He picked me up. Uh, if we had a game on a Tuesday night, I'd fly up Tuesday morning, get there lunchtime, sleep in the afternoon, and then I'd stay that week, and then I'd go home on the Sunday morning, and then I'd come back on the Wednesday night ready for training Thursday, Friday. And it worked great. Yeah, all the time for two years now. Um, and then I stayed in the hotel. Maybe I'd go up for a 10-day period and then go home. But... I joined them. They were third from bottom of the last division. But again, they had good players. And I was basically the cherry on the cake for them to finish their good work. And I'm playing in the worst division. So mentally, I'm thinking, geez, I'm going to score like 20 goals a game here. 
Mm. So there was no problem. And and you did score quite a few as well, didn't you? Yeah, and a lot of them were weldies, which again, <laughs> I'm not, I've am not. i not been known for. But remember, Matt Letizia is my, one of my best friends. I got into this visualization of a striker will always get in the same positions during a game. And the ball will always come to him in certain positions every single game. So I was already knowing that when the ball come to me, where to leave it, where to strike it before the keeper even got set. Yeah. So it was like, I was like out of body experience, if you like. So the ball come back. I had Premier League strikers instincts in the bottom division. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was easy. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. And we got beat on penalties in the playoffs that year. And when I joined, we were third from bottom. Really? That's a good, that's a good side, that. <laughs> Am I right saying you broke your leg again? Yeah. A lucky alpha. Was but, that- it was only a, but that was a, that was a tackle. See, that- that's, it, that's it. That was a tackle. Oh. <laughs> the, lad, the, the lad slid in, cleared the ball, and his body weight went into my standing leg. Same leg? No, the other, the other leg. <laughs> Oh, Christ. So, but, but I'm guessing not as bad I'm as I'm glad the... you found it funny, James. You know what I mean? You're talking about a lad breaking his leg. Well, you found <laughs> Nadal Jensen funny in a car crash, so touche. I mean, I, that, 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 but that meant, I had, that meant I had eight months. Eight months of being able to be able to play football. No, I, yeah, but anyway, no, this one, this one's just, just a normal broken just, leg. This just one. A normal, yeah, just a normal one. You know what I mean? Just, no, just... but it was. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Chris Turner tried, to, you've already alluded to it already, but Chris Turner yeah. tried to bring you to Sheffield Wednesday again. I mean, obviously you came on trial. Uh, I mean, is there, yeah. how, how did that kind of, well, not work out, I suppose? Obviously you didn't, you no, didn't it, no, it was it was great. It was great. And this is probably, um, again, as my friend. So basically I scored, I scored, I wanted to come back to Sheffield Wednesday. I had an unblemished record here and I loved the place and blah, blah, blah. Obviously there were people off the field who didn't want me to be coming back to Sheffield because I could go pear shape again. But, on the field, I think I scored maybe six or seven in pre-season. I scored a couple at uh, Donny. The chairman said, sign him. He's like, right, okay. So I speak to uh, Chris Turner. We do the deal. We do the contract, no problem. And I, we was training. And I said to him, before I sign the contract, let me just go and get a couple of things checked out. He said, what are you thinking? I said, there's something niggling. In a couple of places, I just want to get, I, I don't know if it's like I need my back cracking or I'm pinching a nerve. Anyway, so I, um, it wasn't my back. I, I went and got uh, sorted out and I went to have like a proper medical be prior to me signing it on the back of my own uh, wishes. I had a, a half a centimeter tear in my right Achilles and a quarter centimeter tear in my right meniscus and a hernia on my right side, right? And all of this had come from the original bad break and leg that my biomechanics were out. So when I run, my right leg, right hip, right knee were doing this. And I knew I wasn't quite right. So I said to Chris, I said, I'm not signing the contract. I'm going to retire because I, if I sign this contract and I sit in the stands for three months, people are going to say that you've signed a player who's just on the gravy train. And at that time, his job was to get the club back to where it should be by cutting the wage bill, yeah. not increasing it and me sitting up there and taking the money. So I said to him, there's no way we can do this. It was your friend, Gordon, or do you think that's... Two, you two reasons. That, you would have done that anyway. Because a lot of footballers wouldn't have done that, I'll be honest no, with you. No, no, yeah, two reasons. Yes, my friend. But secondly, I, I had an unblemished record in Sheffield, but I didn't want people then to be looking at me and saying, you're just here to take the money. Mm. The, 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 we're talking about in the space of 
five or six years, the club going from one of the best sides and clubs in the country to struggling in the League yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a quick, that's a quick downfall, that. Yeah, that's, that's a quick downfall. So his job to come in was to get these players because there was a lot of players on like, and I'm going to make you laugh, eight and nine grand a week, right? Who I wouldn't let play in my garden, right? And and he offered me, and I tell you, I don't mind anyone knowing this. He offered me thirteen hundred and fifty quid and like two lots of five grand signing ons, and I said no problem, I'll take that. 1350 quid a week for me and some huff, buff, and cuff. And there was a dozen of them on like five, eight grand a week. Gerald Saban was one. Who? Gerald Saban. No, no, that was uh, Saban might have been uh, still getting paid, but he weren't there. That was the other thing. There were players. I mean, have a little look at that squad of 2003. I mean, Quinny might have been there. Lloyd Awusu would have been there. Dean Smith was there as a centre-back. The yeah. Villa manager just got sacked. Gary Monk. He, no, Monksy went there. I knew Monk, Monksy was a young lad at uh, Southampton. We'll get, I thought Gary, I thought Gary no. That was maybe the season no. before. I think so that was... you got young boys coming through uh, from my days. I mean, yeah, there was like players there that were on like bundles. Oh, Shefki Kuki. He would have been the, the one of the biggest ones. Come on now. He's, a, he's a, just a complete battering ram. And I like Shefki, but you've got to have a little. Grant Holt was a young boy. I injured him in training. Was that uh, a tackle was or was that a... Uh... It, was a it, was, it was a foul, but I didn't... I, but it was a forwards foul. We were playing a short-sided game and I studied him down his knee. He would have made his debut the, the first game of the season. Me and him would have played up front. I injured him with his knee and then I went to the uh, doctors and basically said, no, I'm done, you know? Right, okay. And I retired. Brilliant. Right. Um, I don't know if there's any other questions that you've got, Liam or uh, or Giles. Well, I've got to ask him. Go on. He's played with so many top top players, and <laughs> yeah. I want to know who, if you could pick one. That's what I was going to ask. Wow. Ask us one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I could give you what both of you different answers because. I mean, the best part, I, I, my God, the best right back was Roland Nielsen because he was an unbelievable pro. No, and no, I don't want you to go through the best. Who do you pick? I know, I know. What, do, you, do, you pick, do you pick Waddle or do you pick Letizier or do you pick Shearer? I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. They all do different jobs and all the best. Colin Palmer's the best box to box midfielder that the Premier League's probably seen, apart from maybe Vieira or Torre. Um, if you had to pick probably, one that you just yeah. say was just top, 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 top. Oh, oh, there's four or five of them. Yeah, I mean, I would say probably for what he did, I I'll go with Chris Waddle or Matt Letizier because Chris Waddle actually came back from Marseille at the age of like 32, and I think he won the Writers Player of the Year, mm. and we scored 74 goals that season. And I'm sure that he would have been had a hand in 80% of them. Wow. Yeah, he was a bit of a magician, a magician in winter. He was, but he was one of those that you knew how he did the tricks and still didn't know how he got by you. Yeah. He had the old step over, step over. But you go back and have a look at any of the videos. You know what's coming. So does the defender. And they still bite. Yeah. It's like they've got a goldfish brain. What was he? He wasn't like, was he sharp? Yeah, no. His, his brain and his feet... Uh, was quicker. Just, yeah. He'd gone past you 
And you weren't getting back at him. Mm. For some reason, he like he was like weird. Because he, he, he never looked be, like he was a quick, uh, quick player. He no. was. was he wasn't far. He was. He was deceptive. deceptive he he right. would he would he would offer you the ball, and it's almost like the old kung fu <laughs> tai chi that when your body weight's going forward, he's already gone. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and then you're not a, a player. You're not getting them two yards back yeah. because your body weight's still going this way. He's gone. Off. But but the thing is, you knew that was coming. If you was a coach, you'd say, stand up, stand up, stand up. But as a defender and as a competitive individual, as all footballers are, oh, I can nick this, I can nick this. I saw Ryan Giggs, who was 50 yards quicker than uh, than what? I saw Giggs turn, 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 twist and fall over and what had still not moved. It's like, come on now. How does that work? Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and it's like crazy. I mean, I see like they put it on a TikTok or they put it on Twitter now and again. And Wad stepped over, stepped over, stepped over, and Giggsy falls over like holding his back, and then, and then he just does it. And uh, by the way, and he crossed the ball without beating you. Just like, needed a yard, buff. Not even a yard. No, not even a yard. He, he found a way because he was both footed as well. By the way, yeah. And so so that was the other thing that killed defenders. Because what do you do? Show him inside. Oh, yeah, show him inside. He'll bend it in the top corner. But he had that not even half a yard. So what would he do? Put it for your legs to cross it or what? what? Yeah, he found that way of – he loved that bent, the bend, bent one that was sort of – I suppose if you put your leg out, it'd go across his shin. Yes. So it weren't like flat. It was sort of – he found that angle. But he, we're talking a master of his craft. Yeah. And, and by the way, I mean, every time he got, this is another thing that not, no one gets to see really anymore. He got the ball, people got up off their seats. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a wave at Sheffield Wednesday of, and then you might see Roland Nielsen overlapping him and it grew. And then it go down. We scored 74, 75 goals that season. Crazy. You know what I mean, can Crazy. you imagine? Crazy. Yeah. We were taking, we were like selling out our away allocation half an hour after we got it every game and anywhere. And we're still, like, yeah, that's and we still do. Obviously, some, of one, do. Of, one of the best, uh, yeah. best away followings of, of like you know, Ever. certainly in League One at the moment, but you know, even in, in, the, in the other divisions as well. I mean, I just want to read some of the um, some of the tweets that we've uh, that we've had. Obviously, you'll have probably seen some of them yourself. Uh, just asking like the mem- you know memories that people have had uh, of yourself. Uh, worked hard, no David Hurst, but it was always about effort with a fair bit of talent too. Um, got someone el- yeah. else. The world uh, loves a trier. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> asking about that. Like, the memories, you know, has to be the dive versus Leeds. Obviously, we've already mentioned uh, mentioned that. Um, one here from Wednesday Retro, uh, hardworking striker who didn't let us down, uh, and you could tell that he loved playing for the club as well. Um, the one here, Flash having a beer at Norwich before the game. Quality. That's- Obviously, I wasn't playing. You know what I mean? It was like probably there was. This- I don't know, scored a 16. Remember them days, only two subs. Yeah. So if I was the 14th man, you like spoiled brat, you'd go and have a drink. Maybe, maybe I was with two or three of the older boys, like Pearson and that, who were injured but went down. Then, yeah, go and have a beer. Yeah, I told him it was orange juice, though. And I saw that, yeah. Um, another one here from James Roberts. Under, underrated foil to Hurst, one of my childhood favourites. And then Mark's put uh, workhorse and always gave it 100%. So there's a bit of a theme there that everyone obviously saw that you uh, that you put the effort in. Um, well, you, you know, couldn't when- not. You know, you know what I mean? Because it's like you're in front of 35,000 every week and winning was everything. I, mean, I, I, I have this bugbear now and I went on to coach where... 
talent, work. Uh, and the amount of talented people I see that foul, I see very few people foul who don't have the talent but have the work, the yeah. work ethic. If you get if you get like the talent and the work ethic, you're talking top notch. Brilliant. Right, we're going to let leave it there uh gordon thanks for your time uh, oh, for, no for coming on i've thoroughly enjoyed it even if even though you have uh, thrown a few pelters my way so uh well exactly you can't, listen it's one of those isn't it you can't be putting your we read about the parapet and not expect to get shot now and again <laughs> he grabs after his stats today they were poor <laughs> he was poor thing is it was that it was that long ago that you know they don't have all these stats that you like like you do now so it were uh, wikipedia find them, yeah. it? wikipedia yeah. were working its arse off uh, earlier yeah, on li- liam liam sitting there thinking i've got to get selected <laughs> next week i've got to get selected oh. <laughs> just a quickie before you go so you're living in costa rica now yeah yeah, I am. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing with yourself? What, what, why I, you- I I present all the um, all the sports uh, programming for BetUS. So basically, I uh, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, Champions League, uh, horse racing, golf majors. Basically, I present the shows with expert cappers, and we look to do uh, to give the the best betting advice for all of them leagues i break down the games obviously i'm the host i'm the presenter but i also cap the games with my experts my experts are worldwide as well so basically people who they're living is betting on these leagues and that's bet us wow that's so amazing. Come, come and have a look come and have a look oh, yeah every thursday on youtube live have a look. bet us are you are you, are you are you completely staying over there you, you know, yeah i've been here two and a bit years yeah exactly they have got to be, got to be. I read, I read so much negativity about the UK at the moment that I feel as if I'm better off out of it. Unlike James, I'm not sticking my head above the parapet anymore. <laughs> Excellent, brilliant. Uh, again, Gordon, thanks for your, thanks for your time. I've oh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been, uh, it's been fantastic. I have some great stories to tell, and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Good luck. Cheers, Gordon. Thank We're you. All Wednesday. Cheers, <laughs> Cheers mate. 